Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. It's really good to hear so many stories, so many testimonies, and to the point that I just sat and heard and I forgot I was supposed to preach because <laughs> just just listening to all these stories I think that's that's more than any power-packed sermon right just just knowing personal uh, testimonies personal stories about how God has worked in us and and how he continues to remain faithful in our lives just just hearing that is like you know like renewed strength to our spirits and, and our souls. So, I don't know if I should be preaching. Depends. Should I go ahead? Pastor, Pastor said I have all night. <laughs> Saturday night. I'll not, take, I'll not take the whole night, but um, for my sake, actually. <sighs> Can we pray? Father God, we thank you for this beautiful, beautiful evening that you've given us with your people. And I pray that right now, every word that is being spoken will have your hand, will have your heart, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be able to get a glimpse of your heart through what you are exposing from your word, Lord. And we pray that we'll not just be listeners, we'll also be doers of that word. I bless each person who's going to receive, Lord. I pray that you would prepare their hearts so that each word, each, each seed that falls into, into this fertile soil will bear fruit, Lord. Thank you so much for hearing our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Quickly, can we uh, turn to Luke chapter 2? Because now we are in the Christmas season and we keep reading Christmas stories. And this happened to be uh, part of our uh, scripture reading in the mornings with the kids. So, I, I overshot from, from uh, the birth you know, the story of the birth and the shepherds and everything, it happened and then. Now we are in this place where um, it, it says that uh, in Luke chapter 2, 39 onward, it says that when the parents had performed everything according to the law, they went down to um, Nazareth and, and Mary and Joseph and Jesus, they, they lived in Nazareth, okay? Now moving on to 41. Now from 41 all the way down to verse 52, is a passage that I'm sure that we have learned, we've read it many, many times. Can anyone give me a synopsis of the story? What, hap what happens now? Jesus, it says, uh, the boy Jesus, okay? There's, there's the passage is titled in the ESV version, it says, the boy Jesus in the temple. Can anyone tell me what happened? He runs away from his parents. And <laughs> His parents forgot him, okay? Okay, what else? <laughs> He's arguing in the temple with scholars. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus will forgive us for all these revelations that we carry in our heart. <laughs> he was asking God. That's a very gentle way of putting it across. <laughs> he forgot about his parents, okay? Okay, let's, let's quickly read, okay? I'll just read like portion of the scripture. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And he was 12 years when this particular incident happened. That when the feast ended and they were going back, um, 
because they, they were all traveling in a group, his parents assumed that he was part of the group and they went ahead. And after a whole day's walk, after a whole day's journey, they realized, okay, someone's missing. And they go back all the way to Jerusalem. And three days of search in Jerusalem, and they figured that this boy was sitting. It says in verse 46, it says, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And then this is what parents of extra anointed children do, okay? <laughs> they go like nice Malayalis, they go and say, give one fatak on his head and it's like, what were you doing in this temple? Don't you know I was searching for you and I am in great distress, okay? So this is what his parents, when his parents saw him, his mother said, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And then he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, which was his home, and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And then the last verse, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, when I was reading, you know, sometimes when you're reading the scripture, there are so many verses that pop up which uh, make you, you know, want to apply it in your life. And I was asking God, Lord, are you like trying to pull a fast one on me when it says Jesus increased in stature? Like, is that, is that the word for me? Because it's highly sarcastic for God to show that Jesus increased in stature and I have to read it and then God says, yeah, preach from here. Like, okay, never mind. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Okay? Now, what you need to notice here is that something happened that this child is growing in wisdom. In stature, it also means, you know, in age or, you know, when you grow, you also grow in height. So, in wisdom in stature and in favor with God and man. And guess what? This is not the only place where this is mentioned about Jesus. Okay? Just before this whole passage begins, if you go to verse 40, I'll read that verse 40 in Luke chapter 2. It says, after the, law, after the parents had performed everything according to the law and they went back to Nazareth, the child grew and became strong filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Now my question is, why would Luke, the writer of this chapter or, or of this book, why would he mention it two times that this was a boy who after his parents took him back to his home. Now, there's one statement that says, okay, so now he, will, he grew, the favor of the Lord was upon him and he started growing and he became strong. He was filled in the spirit and he was, his, the favor of the Lord was upon him, okay? Now, actually, this, the story should end there, right? This is how Jesus was. Yeah? Yes or no? Jesus was a child who 
had the favor of God upon him. He had the Holy Spirit upon him and he was growing like a normal human child. Okay. But what you see is that there is this long passage after that followed. Okay. Following this verse. And then again to emphasize it comes back to uh, verse 52 where it says and Jesus increased or grew in wisdom, in stature and in favor with God and man. Which means that something important happened in his life. Okay? Now till, till verse 40 you will see that it was his parents who were doing some things for him. Okay? One of the very important things was that it's written that they performed everything according to the law. Okay? They, they did their part. The parents did their part and the child received the benefits of whatever the parents did. I'm sure now after uh, listening to Pastor Shaidu's sermon on, on generational, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, he was speaking about bondages, but he was also speaking about blessings, how blessings they flow from one generation to the other. Yeah. So in verse 40, where you see the first statement, you know, being written about Jesus being filled with uh, the Holy Spirit, being filled with wisdom, let me just read that again. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now, you see the first instance of the favor of God and of this child being filled with wisdom had something to do with him not knowing anything about it. And, and I'm sure that's the story with almost all of us, you know. We, there's a song um, by Don Moen, I think it goes, it says, uh, somebody's praying for me. Have you heard that song? Somebody's praying for me. Somebody's lifting me up to the Lord. Because we, without knowing, without our efforts, we have been experiencing a lot of grace. We have been experiencing a lot of favor in our lives. You know, and we've done nothing about it. And I... I believe some, it's sometimes because someone's praying for me. I believe it's, you know, it's probably my pastor is upholding me up in his prayers. Or there's someone fasting for me. You know, I, 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 I sent a prayer request and someone else is doing, standing in the gap for me and doing that part, you know. So not just uh, my physical parents, but there is someone, there is a family in the spiritual that is upholding me. That's the first point I want to tell you that there is a family and you are part of a family that upholds you and uplifts you. Okay? And half of your, um, half of the things that you experience in your life may be the result of a favor that comes upon your life that is not because of anything that you have done. And that's why God says that, uh, in, in, the, in the scripture it says so that no one boasts about it. If you do it by your own strength, you start boasting about it. But God has chosen the nothings of this world and made them something so that, and it is, it is by his strength, not by our own strength. And, and that is so that, you know, we stop, we don't have a reason, we have no grounds to boast about it. 
yeah and 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 jesus it says he had the favor upon him probably because you know his parents were being obedient to the law because you know back in the day law was considered important and jesus's parents fulfilled the law and there was a kind of favor that was upon him now moving forward from there we are in this place where it says now uh, jesus now he's grown up now he's 12 years old and this particular incident happened which was record worthy you know that's why they've mentioned it in the scriptures now what happens here is that jesus the boy the human jesus full of understanding and wisdom he is found in the temple questioning the teachers and listening to their answers and even you know it it also mentions about his understanding how much he understood what the teachers were talking about that shows something about this child right he's not an ordinary person he's not an ordinary child he's got because he's so filled in the holy spirit he has some amount of understanding and wisdom that is not normal for a child of his age but here's the thing let's read from um 47 just to emphasize on that okay verse 47 all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers and when his parents saw him they were astonished and his mother said to him why have you treated us so son why have you treated us so behold your father and i have been searching for you in great distress and this is the answer that this 12 year old gives okay he says and he said to them why were you looking for me did you not know that i must be in my father's house and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them it goes to say that his parents were greatly distressed because this child was missing they found him in the temple and what happens just before all of this is that i mean in 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 luke chapter 2 it says it you know two three places it says the mother treasured all these things in her heart the mother treasured all these the mother used to ponder about all these things mother pondered about the shepherds coming the mother pondered about simeon talking about jesus about anna you know anna uh, going around and telling the whole world she is storing these things in her heart yet she sees she sees everything yet she has no revelation about who this person is and it is to these same people that god has given this child who's way beyond their league how many of you understood what i just said here is a child full of wisdom full of understanding and his father happens to be a carpenter and his mother happens to be a child 16 and 12 would be what 28 years old 28 year old woman being a mother to a teenager about to be a teenager okay these people don't have understanding these people have no clue who they are dealing with 
can you already feel the frustration? <laughs> Pastor, I'm in an office where I know what I'm doing, but my boss has no clue. I'm in a college where, you know, I, I kind of get what is happening, but my teacher just really irritates me because she has no clue what's happening. You are in a, in a family where you are the light and your family is irritating because they have no clue what's happening. You are the only light, you're the only believer. You know, you have understanding, you have wisdom, you have knowledge, they don't. And that is the frustration. Yet, this is, this is the verse I want to tell you. After, he, after they spoke to Jesus, he went down with them. You want to read it? You want to read it? What does he say? In uh, 51, okay. He returned to Nazareth with them. Say that loud. And was? Wait a minute. He, he went with them, though he was in his father's house, though he felt completely at home in the temple. He went with them. Oh, my earthly fathers and my mother, who has no understanding of where I come from, the divinity that I carry in me. I can give you theology after theology of who I am. And yet you would not know. Mary, did you know? <laughs> it doesn't say any of that. It says, he went down with them to Nazareth and was completely obedient. In my version, it says, he was submissive to them. And I believe that is the key to verse 52, where it says, Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, in favor with God and man. You know, you can have some favor on you because of what somebody else is doing. But you have the key to multiplying it. Every talent in you, every... Um, every good thing that is deposited in you, you have the key to take it from one level to the next level. And if you've read the Bible cover to cover, if you have read the Bible cover to cover, okay, you will see that there is a God, this God of the Bible, who is a man or who is a God of principles. Come on, say that. He is a he is a God of principles. He is not a touch-me-not. And which is why we don't have to pray for, uh, you know, like, we don't have to uh, do our chantings. We don't have to do our, um, you know, uh, those mindless rituals. Because he's not a touch-me-not. He is a God of principles. He works according to some principles. And those principles are very clear in the Bible. For example, 
when you are submissive or when you are obedient and i am sure the word obedience has come time and again okay it says uh, wives submit to your husbands it, it says parents uh, sorry parents obey your children children <laughs> obey your parents okay now god knows why he is writing this he knows why he is asking you to do it now there is a principle you can follow that says i am going to be submissive i am going to be obedient i am going to pray for my leaders i am going to pray for my rulers and governors and authorities regardless of how good or bad they are because that is a principle if you bless someone because he is good to you that is convenience and that is why in the bible says bless those who curse you that is a principle that's a standard that god is giving you because when we start using our brains it becomes very convenient for us did you know that when okay wisdom is not knowledge how many of you know that wisdom is not knowledge when in genesis when um, the serpent said hey do you want to be like god he went and asked whom eve he went and asked eve you want to become like god god knows good and evil you want to become like god take a bite of the fruit this is a good case of marketing okay you market something without telling the entire truth you don't tell them the full truth case in point kfc <laughs> sunday bucket only for 999 rupees only you go you give them a 1000 dollar bill what do they give you <laughs> terms and conditions applied gst taxes yes what else food swachh bharat tax ha sunday tax also that's marketing they won't tell you everything that is there to it they also won't tell you after eating this kfc for the next 52 sundays you might end up in the hospital paying the almost same bill on cholesterol medicines okay because marketing when you market something you always hide the 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 bad things okay so the satan he tried marketing an apple by saying hey you will become like god when you're already a god you're already like god you're already made in the image of god but you will still be like god knowing good and evil that has nothing to do with wisdom eve traded wisdom for knowledge the problem with knowledge is that you only know why it happened how it happened why it didn't happen can you do anything about it can you do anything about it can i tell you the place in which eve was eve was in a place to take care of the garden multiply reproduce fill the earth with more like her being okay and her being was a non fallen object or a non fallen 
uh, image of God, which means that she was much, much more powerful and much, much more authoritative than who she was now. Okay? That was what she was. And then the enemy brought her down to a place. Now, from that place where she was, she could operate in a realm where she could know things and do something about it. Come on. That was power in her hands. Okay? But from that place, only thing was that she would have to rely on God more. Right? But from there, she had fallen to a place where now she knows. If you go read, the, you know, chapter 3, it says, now, after she took a bite of the apple, she knew that she was naked. And she didn't know what to do about it. And she went and probably hid, you know, she, she, they hid themselves. They hid themselves. That's what knowledge does to you. So the next time you go ask God, Lord, why did it happen to me? Lord, why, Lord, why my, only me, I, only I have to go through this. Be prepared for the answer. Okay? There's a reason why sometimes God will not give you the answer. It's for your benefit, it's for your safety. Because only God is able to probably allow a problem and provide a solution to it. And I am so, so amazed to see people like Pushpa who, you know, I, I'm, I'm, in fact, all the three testimonies, all four testimonies that I've heard today, it is about people who know that their God has a solution to the problem. What am I saying? Only God has the capacity to allow a problem and to bring a solution to it. Which is why when you're in a problem and you know that God is there in, in that problem, God is in the midst of that problem, solution will come sooner than you would know. And that is wisdom. Knowledge at the max will tell you what the problem is. Oh, you're in a problem. Oh, you're in a sticky situation. Can you do anything about it? And that is why God chooses to not tell you certain things. Because a lot of knowledge sometimes fills us with fear. And that's why you go hide. Like Eve hid. It brings fear. Whereas you're supposed to work in faith. Okay? So from knowledge... When you add the God factor to knowledge, you reach a place of wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Without God, there is no wisdom. And if you are including God into something, then you must be able to handle God in His entirety. In his enormity. And his entirety is that he is a God who is a God of principles. And we are made in his image. So we need to be people of principles. We need to be a man. We need to be a woman of principles. And that is why there is a principle that God 
follows and he, the, the principle is that he loves unconditionally. He loves unconditionally. There is no clause, there is no comma, there is no terms and conditions, there is no asterisk mark that says, you know, fine letters. Pro provided she behaves like this, I will continue to love her. No, that doesn't happen. He is a God of principles and he loves you regardless of how far you run. There's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no wall he won't kick down. There's no lie he won't tear down. Coming after you. Because he is a God of principles. He's got a father's heart. And, and that's the principle with which he functions, not the father that we see in our life. Because we are all flawed human beings. We bring our own difficulties into each relationship that we establish. He is the perfect father and he loves with that perfect love, that perfect unconditional father's love. Okay? And... This is what you need to do when you are the splitting image of a God who loves unconditionally. What do you do? What do you do? Come on. What do you do if your father is a father who loves? What do you do? You love. If, uh, if you have a father who loves unconditionally, what do you do? Love. Say it. I know it's hard. You know, I know that you have to go home and say this to yourself again and again. But what do you have to do? Love unconditionally. If your father loved you unconditionally, you love unconditionally. If your father forgave you, you forgive. What, what was the father's prayer again? The, the Lord's prayer? Uh, come to the main point, okay. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And then he takes us back to the parable of the, 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 money, the money lender. He, uh, one rich man owed money to a king with some thousand, you know, silver coins, dinarai, and then the king forgave him, but when he saw someone who owed him money, he caught hold of him. Initially, he was only in the prison, okay? When the king caught hold of him and, he, and, and said, oh, you've not repaid me, he was only in the prison. But then this man asked for forgiveness and the king said, okay, fine, I'll write off your debt. You know, you can go. He goes out, he finds somebody else who owed him a very small amount, a pittance. And he... This guy who was forgiven catches hold of this other guy who owed him money and he starts torch he starts like literally clobbering him, okay? And when the king gets to know, guess what the king does? Does he send him back to the prison? No. He sends him to Let me see how many of you read your New Testament. Old Testament is too many details, no? I'll forgive you. New Testament. Death sentence? I wish it were so. To the dungeon, to? To be whipped and flogged, to be tortured. 
and you all know that when jesus talks in parables he's always got a meaning behind it he is talking about forgiveness he is talking about how when you do not forgive when you don't forgive first of all your own forgiveness from god is kind of blocked second of second of it there is also a chance that there will be torturing happening not in the final day not in hell where you're going to you know not you i mean the bad people who don't forgive i'm talking about them not about you guys uh, not about we are not talking about the the condemning fires of hell no we are talking about living hell on earth torturous yeah so there is a standard that god has put in and there is a standard or a, a or a principle that god sets for himself and he expects us to follow that principle more so with family like we just said right we are all part of a family somewhere it could be a church it could be your blood relation it could be you know wherever you are placed that becomes a place where god has put you in strategically for a reason there do you change colors like a chameleon or do you work with the standard that god has given you do you work with principles that god has given you it talks about how jesus in this particular chapter submitted to if i dare call them ignorant ignorant people a mother who was too young to have a child and a father who's a carpenter and this guy who is the son to them is wise enough to be um sitting with teachers and questioning them and discussing uh you know topics with them to the point that even the teachers are amazed we are in a place like that but it goes to say that he was submissive sometimes when you come to church and your pastor is preaching a sermon and you already know those points and second sunday you come and same thing happens the third sunday comes same thing happens what do you do the fourth sunday you find a better church what do you do sorry <laughs> amen you submit honestly after being a like after you know becoming a mom and you see this wide generation gap and you can't figure out what this child is up to you end up doing some silly mistakes tomorrow this child is going to turn back and ask why did you do that you have you would have no answer to it but the beauty of the fact is that child still submits and the child still obeys and you know that that is something for example let, let me take you to the story of elijah okay elijah was told by god during famine this is like when there's no rain no food no water people are dying across the country and elijah is told by god go to zarephath zarephath right go to go to that place <clears throat> there's a widow who's going to provide for you in all logic try applying logic and tell me 
how will a widow provide for a prophet first of all she is a she is a widow okay for, let, let's let's take the most impossible situation the fact that there is a famine there is no food okay second the fact that she is a widow when you have a widow you don't have a earning member in the house the the male member in the house supposed to earn that guy is not there automatically there will be no food there but this guy says i will obey i will listen to your word and i'll go and he goes he meets this widow and he says give me bring me water first also bring me food and this lady is like i have literally like a handful of flour i'm going to make like a small piece of cake small very small piece of cake i'm going to feed my son then we're going to go die that is the condition in which i am right now don't she didn't say it but i'm thinking don't trouble me let me die in peace but this man didn't relent because god had told him if you go into that widow's house there will come provision because you obeyed my word come on come on some people if you walk into a place of adversity and lack if you walk into that place obeying god's word prosperity comes into that into that family into that office into that college into that church into that land wherever you go provided you are listening to god's word and obeying god's word not using your knowledge not using your logic we tend to judge people based on our types likes dislikes is he good enough for me we do that with our friends we do that with our but when it comes to a place of submission for people who belong to god there is no choice like that you know honestly i was a person who would always stick around with my type i always had a type okay my kind of people i don't talk beyond that and it took me you know some amount of breaking and some amount of you know hurting and and god said listen that's a very wrong standard to keep for yourself cuz just like how i made you in my image i made the other person in my image so you better learn to respect you better learn to value you better learn to treasure and and if if you think that when church starts you go sit way behind showing all humility no no lord i will sit back there that's not humility thinking less of yourself is still thinking of yourself and that is pride what does the bible say what is bible's definition of humility thinking of the other person better than yourself ouch that's not a easy, not an easy place to be in thinking of the other person to be right and you to be wrong in all logic in all understanding probably you are right but but if it's a place for you to submit if it's a place for you to obey if it's a place for you to zip up do it because that is going to increase the wisdom and the favor and the grace that you will carry on your life just like how it happened to jesus 
Balaam had to listen to the voice of a donkey. Why be brought to a place where, you know, Balaam, he, he went and inquired with God, should I go? God said, no. He went back and he thought about all the money he just lost by listening to God's word. And then he's like, God, just probably like I'll take a different route this time and I'll say probably half the things I was supposed to say. Can I please go? God says, no, don't go. Where is he going? Where is he going? Where was Balaam going? There was a king who, who was trying to hire him to curse the Israelites. And Balaam is himself an Israelite. And he goes and asks God, can I go curse Israelites? Is it okay? God says, no, don't. Because <laughs> does he know what God spoke to Abraham so many years ago? No, God knows. Because God had said, those whom you curse, who, who will curse you, will be cursed. Those who will bless you will be blessed. Now, God had a conversation with Abraham. God is be, you know, out, of, out of time. God has that conversation very fresh in his head. So God said no to Balaam. It is Balaam's job to obey. And it is our job to obey when God says something because God is beyond time. God sees your past from your future to your present. And so it is very safe to not use our finite small buddhi, very kutti logic, okay, which is bound to have a failure somewhere or the other. Just follow principles, just follow standards that God has kept. And the Bible says that, you know what will increase over your life? Not the money that's going to come to you, not the friends that are going to come to you, not the Facebook likes that you're going to get, none of those. Elena is saying Instagram, what? Favorites. Favor. Favor. You know what is going to grow, increase upon you? Wisdom. And with wisdom, you will also grow to a place where you will start having understanding. Wisdom in itself is good, but wisdom can only tell you what to do. Doing is again your, your job, your part. Solomon, very wise. It says, there was never a man who was as wise as Solomon till date. Never. What did he do with that wisdom? He had the wisdom right here. It didn't flow through his body outside. Understanding is required for that. So what will increase when you follow principles that God has set in the Bible? You will increase in wisdom. You will increase in stature. You will increase, and when I say stature, it just means to say that, you know, God will take you from a height to a different height. My time is over probably, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how God exalts you from one position to an exalted position. And that is the job of favor. That is how you increase in favor. It doesn't just say God. It says, he increased, Jesus 
increased in favor with God and man. The same people who are going to trouble you today, go, go back home and say, wow, oh, that guy, right? I, I don't know what's with him. I, I try troubling him so much, he doesn't just give in. <laughs> Pushpa, I don't know what's wrong with that woman. Like she's attending a funeral and she's praying, something's wrong with her. But she has set a standard that is way above what a normal human being can do, can set. And she grew in favor with God and with men around her. And, and that's all that you need to do. Just be submissive and just be obedient. Not just to God, but to every person that God has placed above you. They may sound wrong. They may be going wrong. Your job is not correcting them. Your job is placing that request in front of your father and telling the father, Lord, you have placed me here and I feel this in my heart, what can you do about it? And says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will descend on you. You will come back seeing something or you know, experiencing something that may not have been right, but having the peace in your heart that you can take it to God and God will deal with it in His divine wisdom. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about a family. I'm talking about you guys being placed in a family wherever you are and being the light of that place by just standing to your principles. And knowing the fact that the God, you know, in Job it says, God knows the deceived and the deceiver. He knows and he handles them in his divine way. You know what that means? It means that you let yourself go. It means that you let yourself die. Every bit of you that you think is important, you squash it under your feet. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy place to be in. But, but that's, that's our calling. Our calling was never to lie down on a bed of roses, sipping sharbat, you know, enjoying life. No, that's not our calling. Does God add, add to your blessings? He does in His divine time. But what God is more interested is not in, you know, probably what car you drive in, but how you drive that car on Bangalore roads. Those who got the joke, amen. He's more interested in the character than in the blessing. When Joseph had a chance to escape the prison, he was very obedient, right? He came, uh, he, said, uh, he said no to Potiphar's wife because he feared God and he had, he had a standard in place. He said no and he got pushed into the prison and he had a chance to come out of the prison when he interpreted the dream that came to the cupbearer and the, who was the other one? Baker, cupbearer and the baker. 
chief baker he had a chance and you know what he did he said please recommend for me because i want to go through the hand of a man and god said wait you just you just failed that test come on some more years and he had to wait another like 14 20 years again in the prison till the king had a dream and this time the chief no the cup bearer told the king you know what there was a man in the prison i forgot about him completely he saved my life he got me free from execution and i just forgot about him like i'm like wow gratefulness has reached a new level altogether but god god allowed it to happen god allowed those few more years long years in the prison to happen because of a character he had to form himself into a character because god knows he was going to be the prime minister and a prime minister who relies on the strength of a man sounded like a failure the prime minister who would rely on the voice of god that's what god wanted and that's what god was leading joseph to and so in everything just follow this pattern that god follows he is a god of principles you be a man or a woman of principles can we just close our eyes and say god i want to be a a person who rises above the petty things that that my neighbor talks to me about i want to give when i have a lack i want to i want to bless when i am being cursed i want to speak life when i know that nothing nothing good is going to come out of it i want to i want to speak words of wisdom into a place that may or may not appreciate it give me some principles to live by lord i'm going to love that person who has wronged me i am going to walk that extra mile when he asks me for my coat i will give him my garment too if he asks me to walk one mile i will walk the second mile with him lord i want to be like zacchaeus who when he saw the righteousness of god enter into his house said lord whatever i have taken i will give a double of it and that's the heart that god is looking for today that's the heart that that god wants to see transformed that's the transformation that's the change that god wants to see in each of us if we belong to this family if we belong to this church God says be like me learn to have standards that people around you don't have learn to have principles that people around you don't have look at me i will teach you i will give i will love i will bless I will lift up I will hold hands I will partner into another person's greatness 
because I am learning from you, God. refreshed and strengthened by the word of God. If you want to know more about God or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share, do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com. Be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Center on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m.